Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Ian Hardis, and today is episode one of our team preview series. I'm going to be going team by team, all 32 up until week one, breaking down the fantasy football projections, thoughts, rankings from every single team around the league. We're going to get started with the AFC North and with the Baltimore Ravens defending AFC North champions. So without further ado, this is your 2020 fantasy football preview for the Baltimore Ravens. Look, everyone, we all know where this offense begins and ends. Lamar Jackson, MVP. Maybe he just had the single most like highlight worthy season we've even seen. I mean, I know 2015 Cam Newton has a nice argument for that, but just not only the runs, but just some of the passes that Lamar had throughout the year, you know, zinging it between multiple guys to Andrews or downfield to Hollywood, just, just one highlight after another. I mean, it was just ridiculous when everything was said and done. And look, in terms of real life, I think we'd all take Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson to start a team with. I mean, that's not really a controversial statement, but we're not talking real life. We're talking fantasy right now. And the rushing floor here, we all know it's huge. I don't think we realize quite how huge this floor really is. I mean, only Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Chris Carson have averaged more rushing yards per start than Jackson since 2018. The only reason I say per start is because, you know, Lamar has averaged 61 rushing yards per game. That's the highest among any QB ever. But we're including the nine games from 2018 where he was just like a wildcat kind of backup for Joe Flacco to start the season. So it's one of these things where, yes, he's already the league's most effective rushing quarterback we've ever seen, but that's even understating when we look just a little bit closer at the rates. So truly is giving you that RB1 rushing fantasy production. Anything he gets as a passer is almost extra. And look, the passing stats are probably going to go down. That's not because Lamar is going to be a worse quarterback. It's just what happens when you're as good as he was in 2019. We've only seen eight QBs have a passing touchdown rate of at least 8% since 2000. Only Aaron Rodgers cleared even 6.5% the following year. So, you know, you see Lamar with these fancy projections, the passing touchdowns, more mid-20s instead of the 30s. And it's just a matter of volume. And it's a matter of how efficient he can be with that volume. I don't think anyone expects this offense to take a major step back or anything like that. I mean, most efficient rushing game. We've seen the things they're doing in motion before the snap. I mean, still an incredibly high floor here for Lamar Jackson. You just wonder if he's going to get that same extreme passing success, even though he's probably going to you know, improve as a real-life passer. I'm a little worried about him enabling anyone really over Mark Andrews in this offense. We'll get to the receivers in a second. Either way, again, that rushing floor is high enough. I got Lamar Jackson repeating as a fantasy QB1. First time, if he does it, since Dante Culpepper in the early 2000s. Moving on to the team's running backs. Interesting situation here. Everyone. We got Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Justice Hill in the fold here. And, you know, I, I assume Hill either won't make the roster or he's going to be a special teams only guy. But he was involved in this rotation last year. I mean, this was not a two-RB offense. This was a three-RB offense. And, I mean, the season-long averages last year, Mark Ingram, 15 touches per game, 46% snap rate. Gus was at 8.8 touches per game, 36% snap rate. Justice came in at 4.1 touches per game, 17% snap rate. Justice Hill actually had 50% of the snaps in the divisional round game. And, you know, Ingram was playing hurt through that. You know, Justice was in on pass downs more. He got the targets. I don't even think he had a rush attempt. It was just, you know, the only game really all year, that, or at least the, you know, especially the second half of the season, that we saw the Ravens have to be in comeback mode and, Justice was their guy there, but you don't draft J.K. Dobbins in the second round to keep giving Justice freaking Hill all these touches and snaps. I mean, nothing against Hill, perfectly fine player, but the Ravens said it themselves. I mean, they have Dobbins as their number one 
back on their board in this draft, allegedly. I know, you know, we got Shanahan saying Brandon Ayuk was his favorite wide receiver. Obviously, coaches and GMs alike are going to make their selections sound better after they go that route, but it makes sense. I mean, Dobbins was, I think, anyone's idea of a top three back coming out, and, you know, he has those, you know, jump cuts where he seems to go 20 yards laterally across the field and some pretty plus receiving ability, even though, you know, maybe it didn't show up quite as much as the Buckeyes would have wanted it against Clemson. So, my question, though, everyone, if it's Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, that is amazing for fantasy purposes. We're in a, inside a top five offense, league's most run-heavy uh, attack. I mean, we've heard that Ravens kind of hint at maybe Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not going to push for 200 rush attempts every year. It makes sense if he, you know, reigns that in just a little bit and we see a little bit more, uh, you know, groundwork for these really good backs. But I'm not convinced Gus Edwards is going to go away. He's just one of these veterans that has been so solid, it's just hard to kind of warrant just yanking his touches away. I mean, literally, people, Gus Edwards, number one among 40 RBs with 200 rush attempts since 2018 with 5.3 yards per carry. I, I realize he's not even in the same stratosphere, at least in my opinion, of Dobbins as, you know, a pure runner and the explosiveness isn't quite there. Edwards, one of those guys, you know, where if there's three yards available, he's probably getting you four and five more times than not, complete zero in a pass game, in the pass game. I mean, I think by the end of the year, we're seeing Ingram and Dobbins, but don't sleep on this being a pretty annoying three, maybe even four back committee to start the season. So it's... A little more crowded in the Baltimore backfield, and I think we're giving credit for. Moving on to the wide receiver core. Man, you know, unfortunately, it's really hard to project anyone other than Hollywood Brown to do much in fantasy this year. Again, it's just one of these offenses, when they don't throw the ball, and we have a tight end as number one receiver, you know, it's all you want. Miles Boykin stands out there, Devin Duvernay truthers. It's just tough to expect you know, the number three pass game option, this offense, to really give you that much. And I do think Hollywood can be uh, a – as boomer bust wide receiver again that's what he was last year i mean dude was playing with a screw in his foot he was burning the dolphins a week one he was burning a dory freaking jackson in the playoffs so the guy even out well less than 100 percent more than capable of racking up the fantasy production but you know i, I don't think we're going to start seeing you know super consistent play here either we can get the boom weeks that's all we need i'm fine chasing upside over the floor but just realize i mean hollywood brown last year six weeks as a top 32 wide receiver six weeks outside the top 64. So, I mean, when he wasn't giving you anything, he truly was not giving you anything. Improvement year two, improvement in health. I think Hollywood can take a step further, further be even more efficient, you know, be a true kind of weekly starting option. But just, you know, Mark Andrews is the top dog in his passing game. So, would not expect any of Boykin, Sneed, or Devin Duvernay to make much noise behind Hollywood. And quickly on Mark Andrews, it's rare to have a tight end that is the number one option in your passing game. I mean, last year we had Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram, George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Andrews, only non-wide receivers to lead their team in targets per game. And look, Andrews, he's a tight end by positional designation, but this guy lined up in the slaughter out wide 61% of his snaps in 2019. It was kind of a funky situation. I mean, we got over the weird snap splits in Baltimore just because Andrews, again, he was getting the targets. Usually snaps are a good way to see who's going to get the opportunity, but snaps can't lie to you sometimes. And that was kind of one of these situations in Baltimore when they had all three of Andrews, Nick Boyle, and Hayden Hurst kind of getting a consistent run. I think now that Hayden Hurst in Atlanta – Hopefully, it'll be a little little more clear week to week. Either way, though, I mean, Mark Andrews is the guy. Uh, don't really see Nick Boyle being anything more than that occasional DFS, you know, 2,500 min price start throw. But even that might be asking a little, a little much from, you know, this block first guy who his touchdowns are going to be those, you know, 
wide open goal line type play actions plays. So, so the verdicts for the fantasy finishes, you guys can find all my fantasy rankings on pff.com um, code fantasy 40 for a discount for those all season long. Right now I have Lamar Jackson as my preseason QB one, Mark Ingram's as and this is all PPR scoring, by the way, full point per reception, Mark Ingram coming in at my RB 26, JK Dobbins, RB 31, Hollywood Brown, wide receiver 34, and Mark Andrews is my clear-cut tight end three. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have an 11.5 win total this year. I like the over. You know, I know everything went right for them last year. We could see them have some, you know, worse injury luck and, you know, just kind of, again, regression in the passing game. All those things are possible. But when you have an MVP and you're bringing back the whole offense, you're bringing back the play callers, and then we take a defense that was already – pretty great last year. I mean, this if one, it's one of these teams that, you know, really selling out stop the pass at the expense of the run is something we see, you know, the Patriots, the Bills, the truly the best and smartest defense around the league is doing. And the Ravens just, you know, their blitz percentage was out of this world, like truly just forcing teams to, you know, hey, run the ball, do it all you want, guys. And hey, it didn't work out against Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb, otherwise pretty successful. But this defense might not even need to do that next year because they added Calais Campbell, Derrick Wolf, three additional front seven guys inside the top three rounds. I mean, it's very similar what the Ravens did on defense in this offseason as to what the Chiefs did in 2019, you know, getting younger, getting some, you know, enhanced playmakers out there. I guess it might not be too much younger with Calais and Derrick Wolf, but you know what I mean. They have a bunch more pieces in that front seven than they had last year. I'm a lot more confident about their ability to get pressure because, look, they didn't really replace C.J. Mosley or Zadarius Smith going to last season. Worked out just fine. I mean, their cornerback room is so deep. I think this team is just more complete as a whole last year. And it would have been nice to see them, you know, add a true number one receiver. I mean, fingers crossed for A.B., I guess if you're a Ravens fan. But it's, it's okay because, again, everyone back – Number one offense, even with regression, we're not falling out of the top five. Improved defense, I got over 11.5 wins. This has been your 2020 Baltimore Ravens fantasy football preview. Thank you for listening and take care, everyone.